Welcome to the Global Movements podcast. I'm James Marriott. I'm the former Assistant Secretary General of the International Democrat Union, the global network of centre-right political parties. Today I'm talking to Leonard Gosman, uh, along with uh, Rob Thomas, who is uh, an expert on uh, Eastern European issues. Leonid is a Russian politician and president of the all-Russian movement Union of Right Forces. He is the author of eight books and is a lecturer at the Moscow State University. Welcome, Leonid. Hi. Leonid, I just wanted to ask you first off, what are your impressions of the Russian election coming up on Sunday? I assume we know who's going to be the winner, but what do you think are going to be the major issues relating to this election? Well, um, there are not elections. It's uh, what will happen. To, uh, what what will happen? March 18. It's not elections. No, it's a plebiscite. It's a plebiscite, mm. and so the, our citizens they have no choice. They cannot make a choice. This president or that president. The only thing they can say. Uh, do they uh, do they happy with this president or they are unhappy with this president? That's 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 it. So it's not election, it's plebiscite. Uh, but uh, our authorities they are very interested in the high results, very high results, very high people, very high level of participation and very high level of support of Mr. Putin. So you're talking here about the turnout in the election. How how many yes. people uh, are actually going to participate? Yes, yes, you are right. And they need it not because they have doubts about the results. They have no doubts. They need it because, as many, many, many experts think, uh, Mr. Putin uh, will try to be in power uh, for all his life long. Uh, so he needs uh, for to, to, to be in power for all his for the rest of his life. He needs uh, to change constitution. To change political system, um, uh, either to cancel this limit for two times uh, in power, or uh, change political system like the system in Iran, uh, to be something like Ayatollah Khamenei, uh, to be the leader who is more important than the president, the prime minister, the parliament altogether. Uh, for this case, uh, he needs a very high level of uh, support, um, and uh, it's number one. Number two, mm, on March nineteen, March nineteen, the day after elections, we'll uh, see the high level of turbulence in our political system because officially it's the last term, last cadence of Mr. Putin. So in this period, he must either as I, as I just told, change the constitution or find the successor, but not uh, like Medvedev, the temporary successor, but the real successor uh, who will be in power for a long period because he uh, cannot uh, repeat this um, funny game uh, he made in 2008-2012. Well, in 2012 he returned back to Kremlin. Because in 2030, when uh, we have now six, uh, six years uh, term of the presidency, in 2030, if he wants to return back, he will be 78. It's too late to return. Uh, so we'll have a high level of turbulence both around him 
and uh, in uh, political uh, uh, political organizations, uh, political class of uh, Russian society. So is there any evidence of um, that Vladimir Putin knows who that successor will be, or is it someone? Will it be someone relatively unknown in the same way that Boris Yeltsin nominated Vladimir Putin in 1999? Wasn't well known at the time. Uh, maybe he knows. It might be. It might be. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. But uh, most of the experts uh, think uh, that he prefer he that he prefers to be in power forever. Most of the experts think so. Maybe maybe we are mistaken. I don't know. The the key issue, as you said, is is turnout. The major opposition candidate uh, didn't get registered. Why do you think? Putin made that decision. Why do you think he he was blocked? Is is this fear? Is this uh, a, a genuine concern, or or is this just wanting to show that there is no uh, alternative to 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 his uh, governing? Uh, well, there are at least two reasons. One reason is not very important. He doesn't trust democratic procedures. He doesn't trust. He doesn't trust free media. He doesn't trust elections and so on. But he's smart enough to understand that he is stronger than any other candidate, including Alexei Navalny, who was blocked. Um, so um, if Alexei Navalny takes part in these elections, uh, Putin is a winner. Uh, but I think that more serious reason is that Mr. Putin doesn't want to be elected president. He wants to be just a leader. He doesn't want to receive his legitimacy from the people, from the people of Russia. Because if this legitimacy comes from people of Russia, the people of Russia can cancel this legitimacy, can say no, uh, fed up. So he does, he, he, uh, elections for him is just a uh, Procedure which gives him an excuse to be in power, and the real reason for him is that he is nominated by the God, by the God Himself. Uh, I think it's it, it's it's the reason. So he, he's setting himself up as a, an empire, uh, as as as, yeah. a, as you know, as someone who who is the the embodiment of of Russia, and that's what he wants his legacy to be. It's true. So is is this a uh, a move towards a cult of personality? No, I think we never had a cult of personality. We had a cult of power, a cult of the state, not the cult of personality. Even in Stalin's period, it was not a cult of personality; it was a cult of state. Mm. And I think that we are returning to the cult of state right now. Uh, that the um, the state is the source of everything. The state is the source of your uh, happiness or unhappiness. The, the state is the source of your security. The state is the source of your prosperity, and so on and so on. Mm. It's a very archaic moment, of course. Very archaic, but anyway. So, so this is a, um, a totalitarian capitalism, almost? I'm not sure that it's totalitarian, because um, totalitarian system uh, tries to control everything. And uh, this system, uh, this system, 
maybe it will change in the near future, but now it, it uh, gives us uh, some, some, uh, some places for freedom. For example, you can hear the music you want. Mm. You want, okay? In the Soviet system, you couldn't do it. Um, you, they, they, Putin doesn't say us uh, something about the fashion and clothes, for example. In the Soviet Union, we, we had the system, or in North Korea, in North Korea, we had this, uh, they, they, they had this system. So it's not totalitarian system yet. It's not totalitarian system. But what about the social media sphere? That's been fairly open uh, and certainly something which Putin has uh, used to his own advantage, uh, not just domestically but internationally. Is there a prospect of a crackdown after the election on what people are allowed to say? Is, is this going to be a shift towards a Russia, uh, sorry, a Chinese-type uh, complete control over the Internet? Or do you think that that is not a path that he would go down. We are moving to this Chinese-type uh, Chinese control of the Internet. We are moving to this direction because he understands that, he understands that freedom, freedom, liberty, uh, they are his enemies. Mm. Uh, he understands. He's a very smart guy. He's a very smart guy. So he understands almost everything. And of course he, he he tries to control more and more, more and more, every month, every day. Mm. For example, we have uh, some people uh, which were, uh, some of them were even in prison for the wrong report, for the wrong comment, for the wrong uh, post in uh, Facebook uh, and so on. Leonid, you've been a very outspoken critic, particularly when it comes to the annexation of Crimea. Do you feel yeah. Do you feel personally uh, threatened? Uh, are you at risk? <laughs> uh, well, my wife thinks that yes. Uh, my wife thinks that yes, in a very serious sense. Mm. Uh, uh, I think that well, uh, yes and no. Yes and no. Uh, 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 yes, because uh, he knows me personally and he doesn't like it. Mm. And uh, he made uh, some steps against me in the previous years and very serious. Uh, no, because I think that among his uh, opponents, I'm, uh, of course, I'm not number one, I'm, but, but I think I am, I don't know, first. In top habit, <laughs> let's say. Mm. Uh, and um, uh, well, but there is uh, one thing: I'm uh, I'm not very young guy, uh, so so I'm young in my soul, of course. <laughs> not, well, but uh, according to my passport, I'm not I'm not <laughs> I'm not very young. Your your. So, uh, uh, if it's not impolite, you're, you're 67, 68, is that right? Uh, 67 now. Yeah. And, uh, um, uh, and I think that, um, well, uh, it's too late uh, to be threatened. Uh, too late. Uh, I think that um, in this time, uh, 
I can, I can, I can accept risk. Why not? Um, Rob, do you want do you want to jump in on on, on that? Yeah, I'd like to ask. Um, given what you said about Vladimir Putin, and where do you see the opposition going, responding to that? What strategy do you think the opposition would, would should follow? That um, Alexei Navalny has been following the strategy of building up his presence online at first, and that then holding meetings across the country with responses not only in Moscow and St. Petersburg, but also right right across the country. Is that the, the right strategy? Is there other things the opposition, the opposition should be doing? Um, it's a right strategy, of course. It's a right strategy. Uh, but I think that, um, uh, well, we must, uh, we must accept something if we want to change the country. First, we have, we have two goals. In my mind, we have two goals. One goal uh, is uh, to prevent uh, the disaster. Because now our system is uh, very similar uh, to Italy in uh, Mussolini style, okay? But we must prevent uh, Hitler, which can appear after after Putin. So after Mussolini, we'll, we may have Hitler, and it's our goal to prevent it. Another goal is positive goal to return Russia back to European uh, to European way to democratic way. Uh, our um, impress uh, uh, Catherine the Great, Catherine the uh, Second, said in 18th century, she said that Russia is European power, and we believe that Russia that Russia is European power. So our positive goal is to return back to the European way. Uh, uh, to do it, we must accept something, we must understand something. We must understand that we, we failed in short-term perspective. We really failed, we are defeated. We are defeated in short-term perspective. We are defeated not only because Mr. Putin is power, we are defeated because very serious part of Russian society supports him, really supports him. We, some people from opposition, underestimate uh, how serious impact Mr. Putin made in our society. He gave to our people a high national self-esteem, very high national self-esteem. And many people in Russia now, they can be proud, they, they think they're mistaken, but they think that they can be proud for their country and for themselves as a part of this country. The problem, of course, the serious problem is uh, the background of this proud, the background of this high self-esteem, national self-esteem, is absolutely a wrong concept of the world. It's like you don't understand that uh, the earth is a ball, not the not like not like a table. <laughs> How to say it in English? Uh, uh, so people believe in absolutely wrong, uh, false ideas that, for example, that we are a superpower in economical point of view, that we are less than 2% um, of world economy, that uh, we are very, uh, very respectable in the world, we are not respectable, that, uh, for example, I don't know, Russian language is uh, very widespread, but every year there are less and less people who say that they speak Russian, and so on and so on. So, so it's like narcomania. It's like narcomania. The drug user, the drug user cannot live, cannot live without the drugs, without the drugs. But when he has drugs, he's happy. 
So it's about our society. Yeah, so we, we, must, we must accept our defeat in short-term tactics. So we must, uh, we must move to long-term tactics. We must think about long-term perspectives of, 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 of our country. And there are several ways, uh, several things uh, should be done. One thing is uh, what Navalny made, uh, 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 this political activity, because it's important not for elections, it's important because it's a creation of the civic society. It's a creation of, uh, of um, uh, more and more people who involved in his activity and be, uh, became to, 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 uh, to um, understand themselves as a citizens. And it's very important. It's one way. Another way, we must uh, resist in the moral point of view. A moral point of view, because uh, 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 this is the background of the system for, for such people like me, for this part of society. It's a fear. It's a fear. It's a moral terror or something like this. So we must resist to this, to this moral terror, okay? Uh, and uh, we must think about the future of um, Russian intelligentsia, because if, if all of us disappeared in this country, so after Putin will be Hitler. If we are here, we can prevent. Um, when you say Hitler, that's obviously a, a very lo loaded term to use. Um, you're being provocative. To, to make that example, are you talking about the expansionist war? Are you talking about genocide of, of certain people? What do you mean when you, when you say that? I don't believe in genocide in Russia now, but maybe I'm mistaken. Uh, you know, we have a joke, the difference, one of the differences between optimist and pessimist. The pessimist says that uh, everything's uh, terrible and it couldn't be worse. But optimist says, no, it could. <laughs> so, maybe it could be worse. I don't know. Uh, 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 um, uh, so, uh, now I don't believe in genocide. But I believe in uh, the opportunity of a very aggressive nationalistic uh, ideology and of course I believe in the uh, possibility of the war. I think that the, the war is very very possible now. I mean the big war. The, the campaign in Syria is being uh, something which is perhaps popular but also something which is getting bogged down. What is the Russian people's feeling about the, the, the war in Syria and this uh, attempt to pretend that troops are not actively engaged but are, but are simply mercenaries? You know, uh, most of Russians, most of Russians don't care about Syria. Uh, and uh, the only thing they believe is that all the wars we have, the war in Donbass, the war in Syria, the war in some, somewhere else, it's a war with the United States of America. Because our real enemy is the United States of America. And uh, people in Russia believe that uh, American soldiers uh, fight uh, against our soldiers in Donbass, that American soldiers fight with our, against our soldiers in Syria, that in, all our, uh, in the back background of all our problems in the world are uh, these uh, crazy, stupid uh, Americans. 
Mm-hmm. They believe in it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Britons, uh, Britons are the, the younger brothers. They're, they're very bad guys as well. Speaking of which, that, that leads us neatly on to the recent attack in Sol- Salisbury on Sergei Skripal and his daughter. Yeah. That was a deliberately provocative action designed to point back to who did it. There are there are gentler ways of uh, getting rid of people, uh, as you know. So th- th- this was done deliberately, I would say, in order to create a confrontation with the UK. Is this linked to the election? What's your analysis of that? I don't think so. I don't think so. It's linked to the elections. Um, uh, uh, I don't think so. Uh, and I do not know. Frankly, I do not know what's happened. I do not know because <laughs> there, there are different, there are different explanations. And of course, uh, most probable, it, it looks that uh, I don't know, ninety uh, percent of probability that it's our, our, um, our intelligence or our. FSB, KGB, and so on. I don't know. Uh, uh, it looks so. But, but uh, is, it, is it plausible that such an attack could be done using that weapon without Putin's approval? Uh, I don't know. Uh, the Prime Minister May uh, 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 says that it's possible. <laughs> if you remember her, mm. her statement in the parliament, mm. but maybe it was just politeness uh, to give uh, to give our um, authorities you know, some uh, some room uh, to make a step a step back to blame somebody. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a specialist in, in, in these uh, secret operations, of course. But uh, let me uh, uh, let me stress your opinion to uh, to uh, uh, one thing: that it's a problem of reputation. What has this tragedy with uh, uh, Colonel Skripal and uh, his daughter uh, uh, happened in the in the context in the context of uh, uh, some tragedies in United Kingdom? With Litvinenko, with Berezovsky, with uh, his friend uh, yesterday, and so on, and so on. Okay, uh, at least fourteen, at least fourteen people from Russia who died in some strange, strange situation. Mm. Okay, it's one context. Another context is the uh, wrong information our authorities uh, give for many, many, many uh, situations, okay? Uh, Crimea, Donbass, Syria, and so on and so on, so nobody, nobody trusts them anymore. And then the style of the communication of our leaders, of our, or our official, uh, official speakers. Now, this style, it's not diplomatic style, uh, at least. It's very strange style. Uh, uh, very cruel and, and, and so on. And many, many other things. And in this context, the reputation of the country is so terrible, so terrible, that people have no doubts. Okay, it's okay. Certainly it's Russia. I, I, I think it's Russia as well. I think so. But, but I, I must say that there, there are, I don't know, 10% that it's not Russia. Okay? <laughs> uh, uh, okay, but the reputation of the country is terrible. So, if you have any doubts, Russia or not Russia? Okay, Russia. I, I just like to ask, there seems to be sort of a split in policy with the Russian government. At one level, they seem to want to reintegrate with the, the 
world and get sanctions removed, be involved yes. in international institutions. Yes. But on the other hand, they also want to pursue, as you've said, this um, aggressive um, pol policy in Crimea, Ukraine, Syria, and which and also this incident in, in Salisbury, which these things which bring themselves into conflict with the world. And they said, so don't see yourself to resolve this conflict in their strategic policy. Do you think that's something which they'll be able to do, or um, will there continue to be a conflict with the ones and their methodology? Well, it's like um, like of the human the human beings. Uh, you, for example, somebody can uh, wants uh, not to drink anymore. I mean alcohol because he knows that uh, he or she knows that it's uh, bad for his health and so on and so on. At the same time, uh, he wants to drink, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's a conflict and it's an inner conflict. Okay, uh, usually we drink uh, or eat too much or something like this. Okay, the same with this government. Uh, they, uh, of course, they want to return back. Of course, they want to stop sanctions. Of course, they want to to stop the situation when they can use their castles, their properties, their viewers in the West, and so on and so on. At the same time, uh, Mr. Putin cannot make a step back because his legitimacy, the background of his legitimacy, is not elections. By as as I said, it's not elections. It's the, the, the victories, uh, his uh, hostility to the West. We are surrounded by the enemies. We are in a fortress surrounded by the enemies. And the people, people of Russia believe in this picture of the world. So if he makes a step back, if he says, well, they're not our enemies anymore. Americans, Britons, Ukrainians, they're, they're our friends again. Great. So what are you doing in Kremlin? Yeah, so uh, I'm I'm not very optimistic uh, thinking about the possible changes in our policy. Uh, Leonard, thank you very much for your time. I know you're extremely busy. It's very nice to hear you again. Good to talk uh, to you. As I say about Europe.